0: Welcome to the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood alongside John Paul Basham. Yo! We're excited for another episode with you today. Thanks for listening. Uh, We would love to hear from you on what you think of the podcast, how it can continue to be better. Uh, Producer Nathan has been hard at work on the volume knobs and has responded to (laughs) some of the feedback that we've gotten uh, to boost the volume. So hopefully we are boosted in your eardrums. But that's just one example of how we read every rating and review. And uh, we we want to make this better for you. So thanks for letting us know that. Uh, we like five stars, but we also like honesty. So uh, you can tell us what you think. Uh, we do this podcast for you. So thanks in advance for taking the 30 seconds to leave a rating and review. It helps other people find the podcast as well as they search for student ministry related content on the platform. So thanks for doing that. Uh, I want to let you know uh, about one thing, listening audience of the Lifeway Student Ministry Podcast. Friends, we have an exciting week coming up for you, the week of November 10th, all right? So if you're listening to this when it comes out, it's next week. If you listen to it after it comes out, then it's just the episodes that are after this one. So starting with episode 255, right? So, uh, But John Paul, we spend an entire week with podcasts from the one and only sean mcdowell and uh we've already recorded those so i can tell you you are not going to want to miss them we do four episodes in a row uh they're going to start releasing on tuesday the 10th and they go tuesday wednesday thursday friday and the topic is around teenagers love sex dating and relationships and dude sean is incredible in those episodes
1: yeah, if you've ever heard, Sean, you probably already know he does not disappoint. And so he he brought it. Those are four solid episodes and shorties, too. So they're they a little 10, 15-minute listen you can just jump into and out of for the next few days. They'll be really good.
0: Yeah, so make sure you tune in uh, and listen to those episodes beginning on November the 10th with episode number 255. Uh, Sean McDowell does an incredible job and uh, things that you are going to want to hear about as a student pastor and the things that your teenagers are dealing with. uh, Great practical advice, as well as some apologetic knowledge that he drops on us all during those. So make sure you check those out. On to today's topic. Uh, This is one um, that I think is really important. It's one that... uh, I think we'll challenge people today, John Paul. I think it's one that um, maybe in the busyness of ministry we don't often stop to think about, and that's the reality that every pastor needs a pastor, like you, yeah. pastor people. As a as a student pastor listening to this, you pastor people, um, you're a member of a church. You're a part of a church who has a pastor, but beyond that, you need. A pastor. You need somebody in your life that is going to fulfill that pastoral role. And sometimes that may happen at your church. Sometimes your senior pastor may legitimately fill that role in your life, but at other times it may not because of time schedule and busyness or or whatever the dynamic is there at the church. I know that I have been at churches um, where that's happened on both sides, where the senior pastor. Um, was was not in that pastoral personal role with me, and I have been at churches where it has. Um, but regardless of that, it may happen at your church, or it may happen from somebody outside your church. But it brings us back to the main point, John Paul, that every pastor needs a pastor. I'd love to hear from you. Like, What are the, some of the first things that come into your mind when you hear the phrase, every pastor needs a pastor?
1: Man, I think the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that we could all, as pastors, we can all identify several reasons why the people that we're pastoring need a pastor. And so, as a student pastor, we're saying, man, families, get your students here. Here's why. Hey, students, be consistent coming and being a part of our ministry. Here's why. And so much of that leans into this spiritual guidance and community and accountability and encouragement, all of those pieces that are a part of the reason for us coming together as the people of God and being shepherded by someone, being led to the throne of Jesus by someone. So we can all pinpoint those reasons, but we often don't apply those same things to ourselves to our own hearts. And a lot of times, and this is, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that I've I've been on, on this topic a whole lot of times. A lot of times this is an identity issue that for whatever reason, because we are a pastor, we find ourselves feeling exempt from needing to be pastored. And honestly, that's a place that the enemy wants you to be in. He wants you to feel like you are without the need to be pastored because in that spot you're incredibly vulnerable to so many things, so many, so many little traps that you can fall into. And so that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind for me is just the challenge to be honest with yourself and realize and acknowledge that this is a real need.
0: Yeah, and it's a need. I like how you started that off with just saying like hey, it, it's the same reasons why we would tell other people that they they need a pastor. Like you need somebody that's going to help you grow in your spiritual health. And uh you you hear lots of times, man, like your people are only going to grow uh, to like you're going to be the spiritual lid for your people and things like that. And I think to a certain degree that's true. I think God also sometimes helps people break through the spiritual lid of the people that are leading them and God's going to do his own work and the people. And there, I think there's some truth to that as well. Um, but we all need somebody who's going to be challenging us to grow in our spiritual health, who is going to be encouraging us along the way. Um, who's going to offer support. Who's going to be somebody that there's some true vulnerability with that you can share what's going on in your life And I think those are the things, like you said, that because we're a pastor, maybe sometimes we don't think we need that because we're already fulfilling that role. And at other times, we may just not want that. We may just not want that pastoral role in our lives because of some of the things that it, it means for us. So I think I would love to spend a little bit of time talking about why We as pastors sometimes don't seek that pastoral role in our life to seek somebody out. And I think I want to use that word specifically seek and on purpose, because I think the majority of people that are going to be listening to this podcast that that has to be something that they take an active role in looking for. Like this is not going to fall into our laps. For pastors to find a pastor, it takes effort and action on our part rather than passivity.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think one of the things that uh, is highlighted most there in, in this conversation of intentionality is time. Time spent thinking about this, understanding that it's a need that you have, understanding that it is a priority that... Or that it should be a priority in your life, and and figuring out how to reprioritize the things in your life to make time for something like this, uh, and 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 honestly, we we get stuck in the weeds of ministry so often, and we're so far down into the weeds of ministry so often, we just don't see a way to put some of those things aside to make time for this pastoral role in our lives. What do you think about
0: just the fear aspect of it? Like if I really seek this kind of relationship out, it's going to mean that I have to shed some of my pride a little bit, that, that maybe I have to admit, like, hey, I don't have this all figured out. And like, if I'm honest, if I look back at, uh, moments in my life and pastoring people, there was a huge pressure to have it all figured out. Like even I i, th- I would put that and you, you and I served at a church that was growing like crazy and there were expectations around that. And I've served at other churches where expectations were high. But I would put like, if I really evaluate, I would put the expectation of having it all together or having it figured out on par or above the expectations to see growth happen in the ministry. Um, And I think if that is the case for people, then it creates a fear and, and a pride around, man, I can't let that guard down because then all of a sudden I'm unfit to do what I'm supposed to be doing here. And that is a really, really dangerous lie.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you used that word. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's the lie that we tend to fall prey to, um, people in roles of spiritual leadership. We tend to find ourselves in this place where we don't allow ourselves the same uh, release valves that we give to everyone else to say, hey, you know what you should be doing in this moment? You should be going to counseling to help, to let someone help you. Work through these things in a healthy way. Hey, you know what? You should be doing. You should be in accountability with someone, uh, where you have a safe environment to confess your sins and to have someone hold your hand when you're weak and walk you back to the throne when you've stepped back some. Uh, all of those things, you know that that's just two. But there's so many others that we can identify that are those spiritual health markers that we point out to people that we don't allow ourselves to address, because if we got there, we would have to expose the fact that we're human too, that we're mm. flawed too, and that we don't have it all put together. And that's exactly, that's that lie. And that is the root of that fear. And and that is the, the epicenter of isolation that damages so many of us when we wall off everything around us to try to safeguard an image that we feel like we have to uphold. And those are those places that I think the Lord is saying, hey, that's not your image to own. That's Mm. mine. I think that's a dangerous place to sit.
0: Yeah. I think it's so significant that you use the word human there to describe pastors that are in this situation. And uh, it stands out to me because all of us are human. Yet, I think there are unhuman expectations that sometimes we place on ourselves, or the enemy puts in our minds to place on ourselves, or the temptation to place on ourselves, where what you said exa- is exactly what happens. The same grace that we would extend to everyone else. Grace as seen in God's actions towards us through Christ. We don't extend to ourselves. And man, it is a hurtful, dangerous place to, to try to, and I'll use this word purposely, try to survive. Because that's that's what we're doing in that moment. It's just survival. It's not living life to the fullest in those in those instances.
1: So what what do you think I mean, I think we can all acknowledge that this is a real factor in the majority of the people that are that are listening to this podcast. That there may be some that have come through it. Uh, and have made a lot of great strides. but I think we can all identify that we've been there before and probably many of us are there in this moment to some degree. What is the what's the proactive step to take now to try to move into a healthier place in that specifically, in that pushing that fear and isolation aside?
0: Yeah, I think step one, is just being willing to sit by yourself and admit that that's where you are. Like we we can't move forward until we recognize the situation that we're in. And I don't think that step takes very long. Like I think when we get alone with our thoughts and we get alone with the Lord that that the answer to that comes really quickly. Is this a place that I am in? truthfully and honestly yes or no and you might be listening to this podcast and you may not even need extra time to get alone because i think the answer to that is really is so clear if we just provide the space within ourselves to think about it
1: yeah i was gonna say there there are probably some people listening to the episode that are like okay i've had enough time i'm there now what yeah And so, man,
0: I think step one, is that, is that, like, is this where I am? And if the answer is yes to that, then I think the second step is saying, man, I need a pastor. I need somebody that I can trust. I need somebody that's going to listen to me before they try to fix me. I need somebody that I, that I can talk to. and. And I think what's important to recognize here is we've used the phrase, every pastor needs a pastor, but this person for you might not be an actual ordained pastor. Yeah. It is. So when we say every pastor needs a pastor, that second pastor there is more of a pastoral role and not a uh, or a pastoral function in your life and not someone who is an actual pastor. They may be, but it also could be a close friend who can be all of these things with you and alongside of you as as you seek health and as you seek encouragement and somebody that's, that's just going to be there for you. Could be a therapist along the way as well.
1: Well, and it... it very likely will be a community of people at some point as you that's right as you really strive toward health you may begin with one person because i mean i can testify to my own experience being that it was has always been difficult for me to trust a whole lot of people with the deepest parts of my own life so it may be that you start with one person of peace, one person of of wisdom that you know you can dig in with. But eventually, yeah, I, I would challenge someone to seek out a community of people. It's like we've talked about before, and I think maybe Brent has told this story on the podcast with us, about Brent coming into a Youth Pastor Summit event, having just brought one of their speakers uh, into Orlando for their session, and that speaker asking him, "Hey Brent, um, serious question: When you die, you've got room for about eight people to stand around your deathbed. Who are those eight people?" And I, for some reason, Brent's telling of that conversation is just forever seared in my mind because it exposed a weakness in my own life. Man, I I do not have eight people in my life, and that's, I would, you know, pointing to that community, eight people in my life that I am deep in community with, that truly know me and I know them. And And I think that's the that is a picture of real health, when we're able to be in that kind of a place, where you're doing life in a deep and meaningful way with a community of people, not just one necessarily and and i think part of the struggle there is a lot of us just don't know how to find those people and so sometimes we just don't look for them
0: yeah man that kind of takes us to the next the next part of this you know we've talked about why does every pastor need a pastor and why don't we seek that out but the next part of that like the logical progression here is where can where can i find that and it's Begins with intentionality in your current relationships. Like, are there people right now that are in your life that could begin fulfilling this kind of role in your life? And, like, here's the thing it's probably going to take a weird question. Uh, It's probably going to take a weird moment because, you know, most often we think about defining the relationship kind of conversations in terms of dating. But for this to really take place, you might need to sit across the table from a friend that you have right now and say, Hey, um, can we talk about our relationship? (laughs) And like some of you men that are listening to this podcast, I think that question might come easier for women. I'm not a woman, so I don't know that that's true. I think that question might come easier for women, but I know that for some men, Like you're thinking that is the weirdest sounding question to me ever. Why would I ask my hunting buddy to talk about our relationship? But that's the kind of intentionality it takes to build this group of people. They're going to walk through life with you and that are going to be standing there around your casket when you're dead.
1: Yeah. And I think the truth of those conversations, they, you're right. I mean, they are, they can be. They haven't always been for me. Sometimes they're surprisingly welcomed. But the truth is that more often than not, the people that you approach about something like that have that same desire in their own life because they, to some degree, feel isolated too and to some degree have been scared to ask that, make that request of someone else too. And so just going in with an expectation that, hey, they're probably looking for community as well. So if I just get in there and break the ice a little bit, maybe we can find something really meaningful. I think allowing yourself to to approach it that way will help that moment. I have also learned too, though, that not... Not every request like that is going to yield the kind of relationship that you're looking for. Sometimes somebody's just not ready to go there. They want it, but they're not ready to go where you're ready to go in conversation and in vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Uh, and sometimes it's just not a match personality wise. Sometimes it's not a match in uh, just personal interests and things that you like to do and talk about, points of connection. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that it's not something that you need to continue to pursue. You may strike out four or five times in different ways before you find somebody that that first person that you can really truly feel like, man, I can run with this person. But the, the time spent, the effort spent, the lessons learned in that pursuit are absolutely worthwhile. Hmm. I would say too, like,
0: it doesn't mean that they also don't want to be your friend anymore. <laughs> right. It it may just not be, like you said, they may not be ready. So it, it's not a rejection of like, man, I, I don't, I can never come back from this and we just have to stop talking to each. Like that doesn't have to be <laughs> that way. Let's, let's have some, some grace there too. Uh, another place that I think we seldom think about because. Uh, a phrase that we've said on the podcast before, and something that we we say about Youth Ministry Booster, which is our online training and community uh, platform for student pastors. Um, one of the phrases we say all the time about that is that every student pastor needs someone, and we can sub in pastor there too. Like every every pastor needs somebody who knows their context but isn't in their
1: context.
0: Another student pastor who knows what you deal with as a student pastor, but isn't at your church because there is some vulnerability. Listen, you're just not going to be able to say everything you need to say more than likely for somebody that's in your church all the time, because there's also a loyalty thing there. Like if you're really struggling with leadership, you don't need to be talking about that. And and saying things that could sway someone else's opinion of your pastor if you're struggling there that's just reality you're under his authority and the leadership and and so you need somebody outside of that situation that that you can talk to that isn't that their actions aren't going to be adjusted inside of that church environment or the temptation to talk to others about that isn't going to be there uh and so one of the ways to do this is through other pastors in your community. What relationship now you might have you know gone to seminary with somebody or have met people at other places throughout the year, and then they may not be in your city and that's totally fine. You can zoom call or phone call or FaceTime or whatever, and, and have these pastoral moments with them. But somebody who's in your town uh, could be a great option here too, because they're going to know your context locally even more.
1: I think one of the most effective things that that I have done to find these kinds of people have been to seek out Bible study relationships with, for me as a man, with other men. Because one of the things that, that I think I struggled with early on was qualifying who can be that voice in my life by what they do or what they're what their call to their own personal ministry is. Mm. So, you know, Ben, you've already said this person doesn't have to be a pastor. Yeah. And I think if we're really honest about this, uh we're we are a bunch of student ministry practitioners talking about the fact that all of us are struggling with needing someone to pastor us. Mm. And so to go find someone else who maybe even deeper down this hole than you are um, sometimes brings up some unique challenges even between the two of you. Although there's a lot of commonality there, there's a lot of the same struggles that tend to take a lot of time to kind of dig up and expose. Mm -hmm. One of the healthiest things for me was to get into Bible study with people that did drastically different things than I did for a living but shared a common love of the word and a and a desire to seriously pursue the lord in study of his word. And I think letting that be the commonality, hey, we're both two men who love Jesus deeply. We're both two men who are pursuing the study of his word passionately. We're both two men who are trying to be the best husband that we can be to our wives, trying to be the best father that we can be to our kids. Those things helped me when talking to somebody that was not in the pastoral lane, helped me break down some of the identity barriers. Because Mm. now I'm not struggling in conversation with someone else to uphold the pastoral identity. I'm just meeting with another person who is identifying in Jesus as a believer, as a Christian, who is called to be husband, father, and son of God, first and foremost. And so we're doing that from different perspectives, but we're both doing it, and some of those hurdles kind of go away there. So just maybe one thing to consider. Try to find someone who isn't in that pastoral lane and see how your perspective might shift.
0: Mm, I think that's so good. Uh, We have a segment that we do on the podcast from time to time. It's called quote from the dead Uh, and producer Nathan. This is fun because producer Nathan finds someone who is not alive. Uh, He doesn't find them. He finds a quote from them. uh, And that we, that goes along with our topic here. It'd be weird if you tried to find them. Uh, I mean, but today
1: some candles and
0: <laughs> it's a whole new kind of podcast, uh, <laughs> idea there. But the quote that he found today, I think, uh, sums up some elements that we've been talking about here. It's from John, John Stott, who if you're not familiar with John Stott, Anglican, English Anglican priest, theologian, uh, noted as the leader of the worldwide evangelical movement. Uh, credit Wikipedia. So uh, John Stott, that's just a quick note about him. But here's the quote. The very first thing which needs to be said about Christian ministers of all kinds is that they are under people as their servants rather than over them as their leaders, let alone their lords. So the very first thing which needs to be said about Christian ministers of all kinds is that they are under people as their servants rather than over them. Jesus made this absolutely plain. The chief characteristic of Christian leaders, he insisted, is humility, not authority, gentleness, not power. And so we've talked about the need for humility and the shedding away of pride to be able to enter into these kinds of relationships as pastors where we're able to say, I am human, I am in need of grace. And I am in need of others as designed by Jesus. I am in need of others to walk through this life with me. Remember, we are people more than we are pastors. And so why wouldn't we need the same things that Jesus says other people need? And the reality is that we do. We need each other. We need community. Every pastor needs a pastor.
1: That's really good.
0: This has been another episode of the Lifeway Student Ministry Podcast. We'll see you next time.